Praise the Lord. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, God, as we go to your word today, I thank you, Lord, that your word comes alive in each and every one of our hearts. Lord, that you speak to us and that as we're talking about, you put the super on our natural. God, I thank you that we have a God in you who's alive, who's not dead, who's very real, who loves us, and you want to speak to us. God, I thank you for speaking to each and every one of us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, I want you to turn first to, uh, for the first scripture we're going to read. First Kings, we're going to look at the Old Testament story, and then we're going to tie it into some New Testament scriptures. First Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17. Amen. As I said during the offering, there's a God side of things and a man side of things. There's a God side of things and a man side of things. The reason I thought that it would be good to tie the baby dedications into what we're doing, because as a parent, I've had to learn this, that there are things I do in the natural with my kids. If you're a parent in here, you know, there are are just solid things. You go to the doctor, you get checkups. Everybody say amen. Doctors are good. You, you, um, you make sure that they have what they need. You know, you make sure that they um, are, you know, whatever a child needs from the time they're born, you know, they don't, they don't come out the womb fully supplied. They don't come out with clothes. I'm sure some of us wish they did. They don't come out with, uh, uh, they don't come out talking. They don't come out, they, they, babies come out in need. They need things. They need help. They, that's why God created a system where you have parents. Amen? Because when we, have, when we, when we tap into that system, it's a, if you think about it, yes, it's a God system, but it requires a lot of natural things. There, there's nothing, there is nothing, listen to me, not one thing supernatural about wiping a poopy diaper. If you've wiped a poopy diaper in here, you know. Not one thing supernatural about that. Very, very natural. But if you don't do it, there's, there's repercussions. There's uh, side effects. There's problems. You know, when you think about your life and the things that you do, there are natural things that you do every day. That you can either go through in a natural way and go through a system, go through a rhetoric, go through a, a process where just this is what I do, this is my routine, and uh, it's just a purely natural way of life. And then uh, uh, most of us, I shouldn't say us in here, I think most Christians, from what I can read online and tell from stories and from people that I've met, that that's what they do. They go through these routines and they don't deal with God on a supernatural level until they have a problem. Until they have an issue where, okay, wait a second, now I need God to turn around something. But the Bible tells us in Ephesians, pastor quoted it last week, that we are to be being filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians it says, to not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Uh, it's it's uh, Ephesians chapter 5, I know you're in 1 Kings, but it's Ephesians 5. 17 through 21 therefore don't be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is and do not be drunk with wine which is dissipation but be filled everybody say be filled be filled filled with the spirit and then it goes on to explain 
what he was talking about, one of the ways or some of the ways that we can be filled with the Spirit. If you want to walk, live in a supernatural life, it doesn't have to just happen. It doesn't only happen. It, it, God didn't design a system where you only have supernatural results when there's catastrophe in your life. That you can actually live and walk daily in the supernatural. You can walk that you can I, I know if that's like new to you, that might sound really foreign. That might sound really like mind blowing. But if you allow God to take the things and look for opportunities for God to move in your life that daily, you don't have to wait until some special. Well, once every six or seven years, God really moves in my life, bro. I feel for you. I mean, I mean, I want God to move in my life every day. I want God to move. I, I need help with my kids every day. I need help with my, my family. I need to learn how to be a better husband every day. I, I don't I don't want I, I don't want uh, this purely natural uh, purely natural lifestyle. I, I, listen, I didn't get saved for my life to just stay the same. Anybody else? I mean, when you get saved and you expect you ask God to come into your life, come in and change my life. I expect to change. I want to change. I want to get better. I want the things that are on the natural part of me to get better, to improve, whether it's health, whether it's mental health, whether it's uh, um, um, things I do, habits I have that I want to break. I bet if I asked, uh, uh, I don't want you to, but if I asked you to raise your hands in here, who of you have habits that you want broken, I bet everybody has a habit in here you want broken. Yet if you just try to do it in a natural way, you're going to most likely get some sort of results. But what if you, you ask God, God, what is the method for me to overcome this thing and allow God to put the super on that natural? Just because you watch Dr. Phil on TV and he has some good thoughts and some good ideas doesn't mean that his good thoughts and his good ideas are going to work for you. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that the book that some, somebody at your job recommended, it may be great. It may have really worked for them, but it may not be the best thing for you. When I, uh, we hit a, a kind of a, a, a tipping point in our in our finances I don't I think we had had Kaylee I can't remember I thought I knew how to budget I thought I knew how to budget I I I had um uh, this one app on my phone and I thought it helped me budget I had excel spreadsheets I tried some stuff like that I thought I understood how to budget and then we did Dave Ramsey's um financial peace university and we went through that class, and um, that actually we did before, um, before we got married. We came through the church, and I did it, and then I sent my wife, or my fiance at the time, uh, sent her all the stuff, and we kind of did that together. But, but I remember the stuff that I learned from that. So now fast forward a couple years, we've had a kid, and uh, we had hit this tipping point in our finances where, you know how you can tell, like, money's coming in, yet things aren't growing, and, and I remember hearing, just like I preached earlier, hearing Pastor Steve talk about finances. And, and I asked God, I said, God, okay, I'm tithing and I'm giving. I've seen you increase my life in several areas. 
And you continue to increase me because that's what your word says. Yet our savings and, and some other things I, I was wanting to do, they weren't growing. So I went to the Lord with it, and the Lord dealt with me about budgeting. And finally I said, okay, God, I, I don't know. I don't, I, like, I, I don't understand budgeting. And I sat down in my red recliner chair. I remember where I sat down and pulled out my laptop. I remember going through the internet and saying, God, show me. Show me something to help me. I didn't even know what I was looking for. If I was looking for an app or I was looking for, but I stumbled on an app that, that had a whole bunch of like material. Like they didn't want to just give you the app or sell you the app. They wanted to help you in how to use it. Now, you, I've, I have since recommended this app to several people and they can't use it. I tried with my dad. My dad heard me talk about it and he was like, hey, hey, tell me about it. And I showed him, man, he, he just couldn't figure it out. It just wasn't for him. This is why I'm telling you that God showed me what worked for me. He, he showed me what worked for me. He showed me what worked for our family. And so we applied this. That, that simple tweak, it actually wasn't that simple, but, but I mean, on the, on the start of it, was very simple. Here, here. But then I had to do something with it. I got a word. I got a direction. Then I had to do something with it. At that moment, I could have just closed my laptop and said, okay, that's it. But you know, for weeks, I read their stuff, watched their videos, went through their system, kind of learning how does the app work. But it wasn't just, it was like a whole philosophy. We went through um, switching stories. The uh, church, I was on staff there in Florence before I came here, Family Worship Center Florence. And we had this, uh, uh, it's called a church database. Any, any good church is going to have a church database. It's called a church management system, CHMS. And our church management system that we had was, uh, was really expensive. They kept up in their prices, and it was really dilapidated. We were, were very technological, and things were progressing forward, but we weren't growing with them. And, 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 or, or they weren't growing with us is what I'm trying to say. They weren't growing with us. And so I remember a um, pastor came in, and he said, um, it was me and Pastor Justin, who's now in Georgetown. We were both just staff members. We weren't pastors. We were working in the church. And he said, hey. I'm tired of paying this amount with the other company. We're not getting what we want. I'm not doing it anymore. Here's what we're going to use. And he turns his computer around and he shows us this, this management, uh, church management system that neither one of us liked. Neither one of us liked it. It was just, have you ever had that where you're, you're, you, know, you have something in your life and it's just not, you just know it's not right. I mean, it can work, but it's not right. It's not the best. This was how that was. And so he turns the computer around, and, and so finally we talked him into, he's like, Pastor, if we find something better, if we find something better, can we use it? And he gave us some criteria. Man, I went to work. I went to praying. I went to seeking the Lord because, you know, he wasn't going to use it every day. We were. And so we wanted to, you know what I'm saying? We wanted to find something. And so he says, sure, guys, y'all find something. I'll pay for it, and, and, but it's got to be this criteria. I went to work. And to this day, we are using a church management system that I found at 3 a.m. laying on my living room floor with my laptop out. Because I determined, God, you've got something that's going to work for us that will bless our church. And and actually, they went up in price a little bit since then. But at the time, it was only $50 a month. We went from like hundreds of dollars a month to $50 a month with more features, apps, I mean, just, I mean, you know what I mean? God helped me find something. But you know, I actually had to work. 
I could have prayed. I could have left pastor's office that day and said, God, man, you've got, you've got a, I know you've got something better. I know you do. God, I thank you for it. You're awesome. I thank you so much for, for su- supplying this new church management system so that we don't have to use that one and we can save the church money. I thank you for it. I could have left his office that day and never researched anything. Never opened a laptop, never searched, never watched videos, never made phone calls, asked questions. But I actually had to do some things in the natural before God said, no, it's not on this page of Google. No, keep going, that's not it. I forget, I think it was five pages in on Google. Nobody goes five pages in on Google. Nobody. I mean, if it's not on the first page, maybe second page. Am I right, Darrell? I mean, who goes five pages? Very rare. I think it was either four or five. I can't remember. It was way in there. Way in there. In 1 Kings, we read a story of God putting some super on the natural. I want to I build your faith in this area as we go through this, this season. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, this is verse 8, 1 Kings 17, verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, talking about the prophet, Arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please, bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and he said, Please, also bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said back to him, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread only. I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And if you see here, I am gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and then die. That was her natural circumstances. That's where she was in the natural. I'm going to go and prepare a meal for me and my son. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go and, 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 uh, and take what we have left. We're going to eat it. And that's all we got. And then we're going to die. There was a famine. There was, there was natural circumstances in the world they lived in. There were things surrounding them that, sh- that were beyond her control. Obviously, she was a widow in that time. I have no idea what it must have been like to lose the main breadwinner uh, and then have, have a, 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 someone to have, you have to take care of, have a child, have a son. And the breadwinner, the one who would, would make the money and bring home that, you know. It's not like today where, uh, I mean, basically today you live in a two-income two, two, two household, most of us. It wasn't like that then. This was her natural circumstances. It was a reality. I'm going to go eat this. I'm making our last meal. I want you to also notice before I get into how God provided for her, that God gave the word of the Lord to the prophet and gave him direction for her before she even knew he was coming. A lot of times we just focus on the fact that the the widow was there, the widow obeyed what the prophet told her, she obeyed the word of the Lord, and God provided for her, and all that's true. But I want you to realize, because I say it all the time, and I don't, I, I, I do show scriptural references, but here's another one. I'll say things like, God has an answer for you before you even know you have a problem. 
And that sounds really good. But for you, when you face a problem and you need some supernatural things to happen in your life, you, you've got to realize God already has an answer. Like he's not dumb. Stop treating God like he's dumb. Stop treating God like he's ignorant of what you're going through. Stop treating God like he doesn't realize what's happening in your life. God is totally uh, uh, aware of what you're going through. He's totally, uh, um, uh, he recognizes what's happening in your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to keep you. He wants to protect you and he wants to take you. Listen, she, he said, listen, uh, go and make this food. And she says, wait, I can't do that. I, I've, this is it. This is my last meal. Then Elijah said to her, here comes the word of the Lord. Ready? Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first. And bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord of God, the Lord God of Israel. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. So she went away and she did according to the word. Now at the time, you have to realize they didn't have written Bible like we have. They also did not have the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit... Uh, or let me, let me clarify, the Holy Spirit came upon certain individuals. Holy Spirit was very present, but not in each individual because Jesus hadn't come. So they didn't have the leading of the Holy Spirit the same way you and I do, and they didn't have a, re- a, a written word to understand who God is. So when the prophet would say something like this, it was Bible. They recognized that. It was part of the culture. It was Bible. If he said, thus saith the Lord, it was thus saith the Lord. A prophet wouldn't say that or or abuse that or else he would deal with God on a different level. He wouldn't abuse that. So when 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 God spoke through a prophet like that, it was the same as if uh, uh, um, you're reading your Bible at home and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, do this. This is how you're going to get through that. I, I know I know COVID took your job and you don't have one, but if you'll sit tight, I've got a better one. And if you do this thing, and I know you normally apply on Indeed.com, but there's this other website. And if you, you see what I'm saying? But we get so fixated on the natural thing that we're facing that we miss the supernatural. We miss the supernatural. You know, she explained her natural situation. She didn't deny it. She didn't, she didn't deny it. She didn't go and say, you know, uh, uh, listen, man, um, uh, I already told you. I already told you it's my last meal. And I know, I know what you're saying, but I've already told you I've got a last meal. If I make you a cake first, I've got none for me. Because he said, go and bring it to me first, and then you'll have enough for you and your son. Did you hear me, boy? I only got enough for me. If this had been, if this had been today, there'd have, have been some viral videos on, on social media. Master prophet takes woman's last bread. She didn't do that. She didn't shut him down. She didn't ignore him. She said, hey, if this is what you said to do, I'm going to do it. 
I've already stated my natural circumstances. You know what I'm facing. You know what's happening. Yet I'm going to go. I'm going to listen to the word of the Lord. If the Lord said my cup's not going to run dry, my oil's not going to run out, the flower's going to last, then somehow, some way, I'm going to do this thing in the natural, and God's going to put some super on it. You know, when you look at Jesus, whenever he went through, the Bible says he went about doing good, healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. Everybody that he healed, there was something they had to do in the natural to receive it. They had to be there. They had to listen. They had to believe. There was something they had to do in the natural. The guy with the withered hand, Jesus said, stretch your hand forth. As The Bible says, as he stretched his hand forth, his hand was formed well. There's things you do in the natural that if you allow God to put super on top of it, it will change and revolutionize your life. It, you, you'll never be the same. If you say, God, man, I, Lord, I want so much of you in my life. Show me what I can do in the natural daily to have you move in my life. I mean, if you're a parent in here, we're, we're dedicating babies here in just a moment. Such a special ceremony, such a special thing that we get to do to take, take a, a child and dedicate them to the Lord. Say, they're not mine, they're his. Yet I'm, I'm, I'm the caretaker. I'm the one that's going to lead them up, show them the way. If you're going to do that, man, you, you have to know, you have to know that God's on your side. And you have to know how to tap into the supernatural. You, we do this all the time with dating. We just try to date everybody. Date, date, date. I'm just going to date everybody. I'm going to date, I'm going to date, I'm going to date everybody. And then somehow, some way, when I find one that's just maybe possibly going to work, I'll ask God to bless it. If you would just sit back and say, God, I'm going to serve you and let you show me the right one. I'm going to let you illuminate the right one. I'm going to let you pinpoint the right one. And please don't do that in church. Don't come here as a single person and date all the single women in the church. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Just take it. Listen, take a break. Our church is young and small. There's only so many single women. If you hit them all up, they're going to think something's weird. I'm just saying, take a breath. Take a breath. I'm not against dating. I found my wife in the church. It's the best place to find a wife. But I'm saying, take a breath. I mean, if you know, and if they don't want you, just say, it's, it's okay. The guy's got somebody else. You don't have to badger them and keep calling them and keep bothering them. This is, this is really good. I know nobody's wanting to, to shout on this one, but I'm just telling you the truth. You know, I mean, we, we, we do that. what are you doing? You're trying to force it in the natural. You're trying to force it. Try to force it. God, I'll make this work. God, make this work. God, make this work. God, make this work. God, make this work. How about you just let God work it? Say, God, what do I need to do in the natural? And then let God work it. I mean, yes, you have to actually talk to another uh, uh, person of the opposite sex if you want to eventually get married. That, that is required. That is required. But, you know, you don't have to go. Because when you, when, you when you get so deep into relationships and, and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, it took, it took me very little time with Natalie to know, it, listen, I, she's the one for me. If she doesn't want it, that's on her. Because it takes two to tango. 
Come on, y'all. Can I, can I preach this morning? Can I, can I lay it out for a second? Can I? It takes two to tango. And, and, and you, 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 can't, you can't force what you're doing in the natural and say, well, God, I'm going to just, you know, hey, bless this. And, 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 and you know, now I've gotten uh, um, um, tied in. And there's soul ties, and we've gotten physical, and now this has happened, and then there's, there's this, that, and that, and, th- and all these other things involved. And, bi- you know, I mean, businesses or, 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 or property or whatever might get involved. You get a house together, whatever. And then you got to, when it, all of a sudden it's not working out, now you've got to deal with it and ask God to somehow bless it. But if you take a step back and say, okay, God, now before I get into this, before I even, I, I, I met them, I talked to them, I'm thinking this might be, maybe, maybe we ought to investigate a little bit further, maybe I should date them. And you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give them a call, but before I do, I'm going to take a day and fast. I'm going to take a day and pray. You, you'll know very quickly whether that's, that's worth investigating or not. Whether that's worth taking out on, you know, taking someone out on a date or saying yes to the date. And if they say no, don't force it. Don't force it. Okay, God, if that's the one for me, if you if you felt like God did tell you to say it, and then they they say no, then God will work on them. God, you, you'll work on them. Do you, do you hear me today? You, you gotta let God be involved. In the natural things in your life. Or you're going to live fully natural and there'll be no supernatural. He said, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first. And bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. The bin of flour shall not be used up. Nor shall the jar of oil run dry. Until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household, they ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry. According to the word of the Lord, which, was, which he spoke by Elijah. I want you to turn now to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 21 through 22. James chapter 1. Verses 21 and 22. It says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, some translations say engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Everybody underline, highlight, notate, save your soul. What's able to save your soul? The word. The word. Everybody say it's the word. For you parents in here today, for those that are getting dedicated, it's the word of God that you put in your family, that you put in your relationships, that you put in your situation that will change your situation, that will save your soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. That's the the natural part of you. It's your spirit. Your spirit, listen, if you think about it like this, when God says that your spirit is made new, your, your spirit's actually supernatural. That's where the Holy Spirit resides. It's supernatural. God helps you through your spirit, deals with you in your spirit. Your soul gets saved by the word. 
the Bible tells us in Romans, uh, uh, yeah, in Romans, I believe, uh, that it's the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Through the Word of God. The Word of God will renew your mind. So I used to think like this, but as I read and study the Word of God, now my mind is changed. My mind is different. I think different. I talk different. I sound different. I act different. But it's not me. It's my soul that was changed. How? By the implanted Word which is able to save my soul. Look at verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You have to be a doer of the word. The first, I wouldn't say the first step, but I, I, because, you know, there are a lot of steps involved in, in seeing supernatural in your life. But the first thing that I felt led to cover today, as we, as we start talking about the supernatural, and we start uh, talking about being parents and raising up kids in your household, and dedicating them to the Lord. And we start talking about serving God. We start talking about the things that are happening in our life. And how do I see the supernatural? Number one, you need to be a doer of the word. I, I can't just hear it. I need to do it. And it doesn't matter whether I like it or not. I need to, if I don't like it, then my mind needs to be renewed to the thought of it. I'm going to say that again. You ready? If, if I hear something preached that's biblically sound, if I've, if I've stepped on your toes this morning, it wasn't me, it was God's word. And the reason God's word stepped on your toes is because your soul needs saving. And your, soul, your mind needs to, to, to be recalibrated. It needs to be readjusted. You know, maybe I need to take a step back and adjust some things, adjust some thoughts, move some, see things a little different. Ask God to show me some things. I can't just be a hearer, I've got to be a doer. I can't just, oh man, that's a really good sermon, that's great. And then wonder why my life is the same today as it was three years ago. And why it's on a trajectory to be the same in five more years. What, what word are you applying to your life? There it is, Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect. Be trans. If, you're, if you... Listen... If you don't transform your mind, you'll be conformed. If you don't transform, you'll be conformed. If you don't transform, you'll be conformed. The world will conform you. The world will tell you, you know, you've, you've, you've got to do it this way. Even though in your spirit, you know, it's not, something's not right with that. Something's not right with that. Something's not... I need to, I need to make an adjustment there. I need, to, I, need to, I need to fix. And he'll put his finger on something and he'll adjust something. You think, well, why would God even 
care? Or why would he, why would he do that? I mean, everything was, everything was going well. It, God, God will put things in your life to, to shift your trajectory, to shift your direction, to say, you know what, before we go even any further here, before, we, before you go any further down that road, there's, there's a yield sign. And God will put up a yield sign and say, here's your moment. Hold on. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't go there. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to devastate your life. Or don't do that yet. Don't, don't go. You know, sometimes it's not a no, it's a not yet. It's a hold on, you're rushing things. Hold on, you're pushing things. It's not necessarily a no. And I don't want to try to, 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 to blanket statement anything in here today. But God has supernatural things that he wants to do in your life. Amen? He has supernatural things that he wants to do in your life. God will take the supernatural. You know that verse that I've, I've, I've quoted a bunch lately? I'm going to quote it again today. Ready? I have not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has in store for those who love him. Say this with me. Say, God has good things in store for me. God wants to bless you. God wants to increase you. You have a supernatural future in store for your life. Amen? Amen.